boys and ghouls welcome to episode 36 of dads from the crypt a tales from the crypt podcast my name is jason and i'm joined by jody hello and mondo and that's two weeks in a row now you've said jody first <laughs> i thought uh, that too i know right just man jason just throwing curveballs over there uh, moving up uh, in the ranks right and, and uh we don't have a guest tonight we're taking a little break off we've had some amazing guests the last couple of weeks but we want to take things back to the original um Go back to basics a little bit. Have the uh, bring the band back a little bit. This is like when Metallica kicked out Dave Mustaine. Oh no way! <laughs> That'd be we kicked out one of the uh, one of us. The fourth dad that um, we've edited out of every episode. Yeah, we just edited them out every episode. And uh, it, that guy had a drug problem, so it's fine. But now he has his own podcast that's well respected <laughs> and um... that's well respected, but just shittier. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think maybe that's coming with a new album. Did I see that? uh i don't know was uh was um was dave mustaine able to get off 4chan for long enough to, oh, to write a new record okay okay <laughs> uh, you, you, you know dave mustaine just got his uh his purple belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu no i'm not i'm not on the brazilian jiu-jitsu uh reddits well you don't have to be i mean it's on music mag music publications and just regular media but yeah he got his blue belt so uh i don't know man i'm just thinking it's fake I'm, th- I'm thinking like he just took a bunch of privacy and roll with anybody. That guy looks pretty frail, right? Like if you move the wrong way, some limbs could just fall off. Okay. I mean, my, my kids do karate. So, you know, after you do it for a while, you realize that there are some dojos that you just kind of, you know, pay your fee every month and you get a new belt after a certain amount of time. So oh. oh, no, he no. Jody's not joking, man. Jody is not joking. Like it's it's funny because. uh I doubt any of the people I'm about to call. I'm not going to call anybody by name, Jim, but uh, some people, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, some people at our uh, our dojo have left and quickly gotten another belt when they look at another, another dojo and they won't come back to the school to just even, we're like, oh, you should come back and just come to a class because they know, they know what's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they're, they're yeah. dojos that make you work for it. And then they're the ones that uh, make you pay for it. <laughs> Yeah. Do you guys do you guys pay for testing? Uh, no, the the testing they don't pay any extra for it, Good. but uh, they do have to work. I mean, <laughs> oh no, that's what <laughs> I mean. This no. dojo makes them work for it. For I sure. mean, there are a lot of schools, and this is in jujitsu anything where you pay 150 bucks for belt test, and mm-hmm. most most people always pass their belt tests because they paid 150 bucks. We don't do that. We just do it like we don't even do testing. It's if our uh, instructor, if our professor Sim thinks you're ready for your belt, you get your belt. If yep. you're not ready, you don't get your belt. Well, when I first started the school, my, my buddy Phil started, he's like, you know what? It takes a long time to earn your belt at this school. Like it's notorious for taking a long time to earn your belts. But when you get that belt, you're that belt everywhere in the world. As opposed to like when we get people come to other schools that are higher belts and our lower belts are just smashing the fuck out of them. And that's not everywhere. Don't get me wrong. Like there are some really, there's, there are a lot of great martial arts schools around in the world. So um, what we're probably talking about is like the 5% that probably shouldn't be martial arts schools. Anybody wants to come fight us, you can have Jody's address. We'll take you down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 can't, 
Yeah, I was going to say, I can't do anything, but I do have a little army that I can send after you. <laughs> they all know karate. If you see the Webster clan running at you, you should be terrified. <laughs> the web. <laughs> if you if you get a big enough family tree, you could call it the World Wide Web. The World Wide Webster. Yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. We're going somewhere with that. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> all right. Um, before we get rocking, we've got some uh, announcements, a little business to talk about. Um, most of you should have been uh, have listened to our uh, Bordello Blood episode, and you might remember there was a trailer for a uh, spinoff podcast called How Not to Make a Movie Podcast by Alan Katz, producer, writer on uh, Bordello Blood and many, many uh, Telescript episodes. And that is actually uh, coming out very soon. Uh, when this episode comes out on Sunday, on Wednesday, you should be looking out for the new trailer. And the week after that, the episodes will start coming out. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Of course, we'll put it on all of our socials. Additionally, we want to talk about our sponsor, Fright Rags. Um, their big collections right now is they have a collection for the movie Studio 666 featuring the Foo Fighters. They have some shirts and some other uh, cool um, uh, tie-in items. And additionally, they have uh, Silver Shamrock just in time for St. Patrick's Day. Um, Silver Shamrock from uh, Halloween 3. And uh, Jody, you were looking at that one, right? Yeah, no, they've got some great stuff for Halloween 3. They've got a pint glass that looks fantastic. Uh, I was just looking too. I don't know if these are restocks or uh, what, but they've got some stuff for Basket Case now, Killer oh, yes. from Outer Space, Motel Hell, Army of Darkness, like all kinds of stuff just suddenly popped up in the store. So I'm, I'm excited about what's showing up now. I'm going to order one of those. Uh, they had that cool looking tie-dye, uh, Silver Shamrock collectible yeah. shirt. I'm yeah. definitely going to order that. And Jason. Jason, if I do order that shirt, is there something I should type in at the well, end to make sure I get 10% off? Well, yes, there is a coupon code <laughs> Crypt10, C-R-Y-P-T-1-0, Crypt10. Oh, like, uh, can we try that one more? Can you spell that one more time? But it's You know what? It's daily savings time. I'm a little slurry tonight. Yeah, this is the worst day of the year. <laughs> C R Y P T one zero crypt ten. Jason is slurry. He is a mix of cornstarch and water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he will thicken your soups. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> Tonight we, we we will be discussing Tell Us the Crypt episode Morning Mess, which premiered on July thirty first, nineteen ninety one. Jody, give us a plot synopsis. All right, we open on the Crypt Keeper as a chef, continuing these awesome costumes this season. And then we're introduced to a homeless man named Robert, who's digging through the trash. Uh, He sees a paper with the headline, Homeless Killings Baffle Police. And then he leaves and gives the paper to another homeless man named Dancer. And after Robert leaves, there's a shadow that appears on the wall and Dancer gets attacked. And Robert runs to help him, but finds his severed hand still holding a liquor bottle. And uh, then Robert accidentally leaves a bloody handprint behind. So that's our intro. We jump over to an alcoholic reporter named Dale Sweeney, who is in the middle of kicking his one night stand out of his apartment. He realizes he's late and then rushes to a press conference at a cemetery where the grateful homeless outcast and unwanted layaway society is uh, making an announcement that they're going to be donating money to bury the homeless in this cemetery. 
All of the members of the society were formerly homeless themselves. And uh, so Dale comes to cover this story. He takes a few minutes to lock a rival reporter in a porta potty. And uh, then their spokesperson, Jess Gilchrist, gets up to talk. Uh, Dale asks her why they're donating money to the cemetery over a charity that would actually help the homeless. And she says there's already uh, charities like that out there and they want to help people when they die. Uh, then we find out from the paper that Robert from earlier is the main suspect in the homeless killings. Uh, we take a little detour back. We go back and forth a lot in this one. We find out about Robert. We go back to Dale. Dale gets fired from his job at the paper because he's unreliable and he's an alcoholic. So he doesn't show up on time. And uh, then Dale goes home and Robert has broken into his apartment. Robert puts a gun up to his head and says, I want you to write an article to clear my name. I'm innocent. And he says, go to the cemetery and hang out until sunset. Uh, the Grateful Homeless Society is up to something. And if you go do that, I'll name names. I'll tell you all kinds of stuff. So Dale goes to the cemetery. Someone's being buried there and he runs into Jess and uh, he invites her to lunch and they go up to his apartment and uh, he says, you know, I'm going to tell you about a story I'm writing. Uh, after they eat, she asks about that story. He says, I lied. So they start flirting. She says she's a vegetarian and uh, then they have sex and she says he looks good enough to eat. Uh, he tells her she's the kind of girl he could spend a lifetime with. And then he secretly turns on a recorder and asks her about the society off the record. Supposedly uh, he notices the tape. She notices the tape player and storms out. She says, you know, the kind of girl you could spend a lifetime with and replies. I lied. Then Dale goes to talk to Robert in the alley and finds him bleeding from a wound. Uh, he tells Robert he didn't find anything at the cemetery. Robert said that you didn't stay long enough. And then Robert dies before he can tell him anything else. Then Dale returns to his apartment, finds out he's evicted. So he is now homeless too. Uh, Dale spends his last few dollars on booze and then passes out besides his, beside his car in the street. The next day, he goes back to the paper and finds out he's been replaced by the rival reporter that he locked in the porta potty before. So he's getting desperate and he returns to the cemetery where another burial is happening. As he sits watching, the ground that's piled up after burying the body suddenly sinks down. And so Dale wants to find out what's going on. He digs up the grave and at the bottom of the grave, instead of a coffin, he finds a door. He falls through the door and ends up in a series of tunnels filled with coffins and bones. And he hears someone coming uh, and jumps into a random coffin and uh, it has Robert's mutilated remains in it. They're all torn to pieces. His eyeballs are missing. And Dale starts yelling. And uh, then he pushes open the coffin and finds out it's been moved and placed in the center of a dinner table at a very fancy setup. There's plates and napkins and uh, there's big portraits on the wall of these uh, warriors and older people, but they have these like monster faces and a member of the society greets him as the other members start to walk in. And uh, they said, you know, he says, who are you? And they said, we were formerly known as the homeless killers. And then Dell realizes that the society, the grateful homeless outcast and unwanted layaway society is an acronym that spells ghouls. <laughs> the members take off their human masks to reveal their true forms. They've got these just freaking awesome monster mask that the makeup is so cool. And they take off their mask 
and uh, the rival reporter comes in and he's also a ghoul and he rips off his mask and then he rips off Dale's ear and eats it right in front of him. And then Jess steps through the door and she said, oh, I, I know I said I didn't eat meat. Well, I lied. Just like uh, Dale said, I lied so many times. She takes off her mask and says, I knew you would be good enough to eat before she then eats him to end the episode. And then we get the Crypt Keeper back as a chef. And it's just a great line reading by John Cassier where he says something about uh, if you want dessert, he's got cannibal soup. It's mm-mm good. <laughs> so that's it. Thank you, Jody. Mondo, what did you think of this episode? Um, she said she didn't eat meat, but judging by that steamy section, she was probably eating meat all right. <laughs> that's it. That's all I got. Um, no, I, that, <laughs> I, I, I think this might have been uh, one of the weaker of the recent episodes we've watched, but but not bad at all. I feel like it was a very solid, good Tales from Crypt episode. Acting, I thought, was all really good, nice and hammy. Uh, I love, love the... Uh, uh, the Robert's dead body at the very end, the effects on that, oh, man, like the effects mm, on that are so yeah, cool. uh, they just nail man those like really kind of cool looking set pieces that they do, and oh yeah, all the set pieces at the end too, uh, with 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 all the the, the dungeon and everything. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say it's a well, one of the it's a good tales. Season three has just been fucking awesome. Uh, we need to keep going. Season three. Um, some of the cool little things. Yeah, I love the acronym Ghoul because it's while it's corny and cheesy and dumb, it's awesome. And imagine the balls you have to have to be like, yeah, we're ghouls. And then like, imagine that conversation <laughs> they have to have to decide to name their company a uh, company Ghoul. Basically, fucking that's ballsy as shit. Like, <laughs> like okay, what are you gonna do? I loved at the end too the paintings with the Ghoul faces. Mm-hmm. Just so cool. Uh, I do have a question though, and if they're all all in their underground lair. Why are they still wearing their human masks? Wouldn't that get itchy after wearing that like all day? I thought that'd be annoying and itchy. Maybe so. the ghouls like the itch. Yeah, they're just dramatic. They want the big reveal. They're like, if somebody <laughs> falls down here, we got to be ready for the reveal. Well, they kind of expect they expect him because they kind of knew what was happening the whole time. And also uh, the one kind of I did love actually the, the 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 cinematic shot where he's taking a leak and the lightning hits and you can see Robert in the background looking all creepy yeah. in the bathroom, mm-hmm. but. Also, if you just want to talk to a reporter, yeah, you can just, just knock, knock on his door, like <laughs> hiding in the bathroom with a gun. You didn't have to do that. If you just said, hey, dude, I got a story. Doesn't matter what it's about. It could be about a fucking uh, a hamster on an obstacle course. They're going to want to hear it. Doesn't matter what it is. So I always think that's a funny trope they use in a lot of shows. Like, dude, like you didn't have to point a gun at me. Just tell me the story and I'll, I'll talk about it. Right. Um, you have to break into my apartment and scare the yeah, shit out of me. Yeah. Right. The, play gun the, the only ways to get a reporter to listen to you is to threaten them. Like they don't want to know the news. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, don't do my job for me. <laughs> and also what's with this weird thing that all re- you think if you're a reporter for a prestigious newspaper, you should be at least, you know, I'm not going to say you're going to be rich, but I think you should be solid middle class. I don't know. I, I, I mean, just don't we're, know. We're, we're talking 1990, so the re- newspapers were still doing okay then, right? Like you and, know, and ni- in 2020, 2022, um, you know, maybe the reporters struggling a little bit. Oh more. yeah, but in 1992, minimum wage could fucking buy you a house. It seemed like he had like the same apartment that the uh, guy had from Easel Killia, the um, struggling artist apartment. Yeah, that big open floor plan. There's recently a uh, an article where they're asking senior citizens. They're showing them pictures of homes. And saying how much do you think this home is worth? If you want to be really be really sad, go ahead and watch that video. They showed a picture of like a nice big kind of uh uh you know like maybe a colonial home, and the woman's like I don't know 
It's pretty pricey. $35,000. Oh, the pain. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Cody, what'd you think? I'm not done yet. Oh, sorry. No, I'm just just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm done. (laughs) Moving things along. No, I I, I did enjoy this episode. It's not as good as some of like the highlight episodes, but it's fun. There's there's fun moments in it. Like Mondo was saying, the uh, the ballsiness to actually name your group ghouls as an acronym. I know TV well enough to know when they said we're the greater homos and they start saying the whole name. I'm like, that stands for something. There's something going on here. And then later on in the episode, when he goes to the cemetery, it's got the name of them. And I saw that. I'm like, gee, oh, it's ghouls. There's going to be ghouls later in this episode. I know what's going on. Well, that's funny, I've seen this episode before. And every time I forget, that's an acronym. Yeah. It's just one of those. You don't name your group something that's like 12 words long if you're not trying to spell something. Like, there, there's got to be something behind it. Especially the layaways part. That's the one that really. Like, layaways. What is that doing there? <laughs> that's, that's when you put a, a corpse. You, know, you can't pay for it all at once, but you're going to pay for it in installments uh, later. Uh, but no, uh, yes, yeah, I, I, I do feel like this is a fun episode. I like the lead character, uh, Brian Weber. He's one of those guys that I like uh, to see and stuff. Uh, Rita Wilson, she did a great job. And I know we're going to get in the cast in a minute. But yeah, I just thought everybody did good. And there's some really cool makeup in this one between uh, Robert's torn apart, I guess, eaten body. We're dealing with the ghouls here. Um, his eaten body and then uh, the the ghouls themselves has a really cool makeup effect. So I really I enjoyed it a lot. It's not quite at the heights of some of the the best episodes, but it's still a really fun episode. I'd, I'd definitely watch this one anytime. Yeah, Steven Weber was also in Wings. Yes, he was in Wings. Okay, you know what I did? I said Ryan uh... Weber instead of Steven Weber because I think his character's name was Brian in Wings. Yeah, oh, I think so you. Too. you know it's impossible to say the word wing five times in a row. Not gonna do it. Not gonna try it. Damn it! <laughs> like this is a setup. Mondo, prove it. No, because it, only I know the punchline. Jordy, go ahead. I, I can't. I can't. All right. All right. Wing, 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 wing. Hello. All right. I, I'm gonna hop in here before we go too far <laughs> off the rails. I'm pretty. Fu- I'm way fucking higher than I thought I was. <laughs> Uh, this is a pretty this is an okay episode it's definitely not as bad as like love at first sight the and some a couple of the other more duds that we had um definitely not as good as the best ones my 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 like studio note for this would be like more of the stuff in the tunnels and more with like the ghouls and the makeup and everything which i'm sure that's stuff that costs the most but if you're on set you have that you have this really cool tunnel set you have these guys in these cool makeup do more with it like have him like escape, like save the reveal of the Rita Wilson character for like another couple minutes, and then have him like escape and run up to her and like, oh, save me, save me, save me, or something like that, and then have the reveal. Like you, you could you could have cut out him getting fired, um, mm-hmm. or him like becoming like a homeless, getting evicted. You could cut out a couple minutes from that. Just give us a little bit more in the tunnels, and that would have yeah. I think gone a really long way. They should oh, just straight straight throw Ratma in there too. Like just get Ratma. In there. Yeah, get Ratma. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if they were going for the like Tales from the Crypt comic thing where they have like the last panel is where the thing happens and they show the cool stuff. Hmm. And so maybe he was shooting for that of like, aha, we have the big reveal in the last like minute. But mm-hmm. the, that's the coolest part of the whole thing. Like, I won't, I, I agree, I want more of it. Yeah, that's cool. 
that's and that's kind of a praise because they gave us something we wanted more. That's always a good thing. But I think it would have made the episode overall better to tighten up. Real, real fast. Imagine how much better Steven Weber would have been than Den- than Dennis Miller in Bordello of Blood. Oh my god! Because if oh, you think man. about it, they almost play a very similar character. Yeah, as in being the yeah. reporter trying to figure out the underground society, even including falling into the casket. I mean, and Steven Weber is great at like at showing vulnerability. Where Dennis yeah. Weber like doesn't he's just like I'm the man, no matter what. But, like Steven Weber, we'll talk about. Let's talk about him. He was the Jack Torrance in the TV version of The Shining, and I think I think that's a fantastic adaptation. It is highly underrated. Like, yeah. I mean, it definitely shows its television budget, and there's some moments of like some questionable CGI and stuff like that because of that. But as far as his portrayal of Jack Torrance, I prefer it over mm-hmm. the movie. I like, remember I, seeing I remember seeing that. that when it came out and like staying yeah. up late to watch it. Um, I was like, I think I was in high school at the time. And yeah, it was really, really good. I, I love yeah. the, the Kubrick starting screen on its own too. But as far as like seeing like a tragedy, almost more of a, more of a tragedy. Uh, I've honestly, it. I don't think I've ever seen the miniseries. Uh, I, I, it's been one of those things yeah. that I've been wanting to watch for forever, but just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah. yeah if, I mean, if, it shows its age a little bit, a little yeah. bit, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah. If, if you're a Stephen King fan, like that's the adaptation that follows his story. Nice. Like the Kubrick habitation, I feel like is its own thing. But as far as a straight up, like here is trying to communicate what Stephen King wanted, the the miniseries does a better job. Gotcha. Um, I was also going to say, uh, seeing Rita Wilson in that ghoul makeup was really fun. <laughs> that was yeah, like, I wanted way more of that. Um, oh, she also had that cool part too. I don't know if you noticed when they were having Quickus when she was like biting him, like kind of uh, more. Yeah. There's a playful nibble yeah, there on the that. shoulder. Yeah, that's fun. She was fun in this. I'm I'm glad that wasn't vampires because they've done yeah. that so much. Yeah, yeah, and I know on the comic they make kind of fun of that a little bit. Um, we'll get to that in a second. Oh, but dude, yeah. they're they're basically chuds when you yeah. think about yeah, it. Yeah, they're most chuds. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it was, so it's cool to have a ghoul. I, I really like that. Um. Again, I wanted more. Um. This was kind of like almost like an inverse of uh, Texas Chainsaw, the Texas Chainsaw uh, massacre, where you had like these like very rural people who are feasting on people on people that on other people and here we have like the upper elite feasting on people like i i, don't know, I feel like there's some weird interesting mirroring and there was like kind of a dinner scene at least that i kind of got vibes right there um it doesn't really uh, go very far with it yeah. you know it'd be kind of cool just to if they because again it's obviously that these ghouls were um a very affluent people in society mm-hmm. If they had something where they're allowing the rich to come into their world for a price, yeah, or something that would be yeah. kind of a neat little, neat little twist. Yeah, um, the, the, the secret society that eats people reminded me of. Uh, did y'all ever watch any of the Masters of Horror movies? Yes. Um, um and, and interesting tidbit you have that up there. Uh, the the guy that did the music for this, Nicholas Pike, did a lot of Masters of Horror episodes. Okay, I, I, I there are some really good episodes of that series, mm-hmm. and uh, one of them is called The Washingtonians. That's oh yes, by Bentley Little, and it's about a secret society that basically worships George Washington. And George Washington was a cannibal, oh. and they are cannibals now because of George Washington. It's a it's a cool story. Bentley Little's a weird author, and I love his stuff. Uh, but it's a fun episode. So yeah, when I saw the like fancy room and they're getting ready to mm-hmm. eat somebody, and I'm like, oh yeah. Well, and, and the it, you know it's kind of cool because the, the the portraits in the walls were of that that colonial time. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty neat. Um, so let's talk about the casting and the uh, crew a little bit. So this was directed by Manny Cotto, who uh, we should have an interview uh, with 
a couple days after this episode comes out. Um, his big directing uh, item is Dr. Giggles, or how do they say that in France? <laughs> hey, man, I told you guys that in confidence. <laughs> Giggly. Giggly. Um, that's, 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 not, that's not how I said it. How did you, you say it? It doesn't matter. Okay. It's in the past. As, as the, the wise ape Rafiki once said, I'm oh, sorry, he's a baboon. It does not matter. It was in the past. Okay. So he directed Dr. Giggles. And if you um, haven't seen Dr. Giggles, you should. Oh, it's yeah. Again, fun, fun 90s horror. Dr. Movie. Giggles starring Larry Drake. Yep. Larry I, I thought you were going to say, if you haven't seen that, if you haven't seen The Lion King before, if you haven't seen The Lion King, you should see that too. It's a good movie. And, and your kids haven't seen it and you want a bunch of crying children, go and show them that too. It's a beautiful yeah. fun. All right. So Manny Cotto also um, wrote and produced for Outer Limits, uh, the series 24, Star Trek Enterprise. He wrote and produced episodes of Dexter and a couple seasons of American Horror Story. So he's rocking it still. Yeah, and like you guys said, Dr. Giggles is one of those super underrated. I guess you can call it a slasher. Um, super dark and twisted, too. Like mm-hmm. kind of came out of left field. It's a cool movie. Yeah. Again, we have Stephen Weber as Dale Sweeney. He was he was in Dracula: Dead and Loving It. Speaking of, yes. uh, he was a Harker. No, Harker. Not the Harker. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that since like middle school or it's something. So good. It's so good. Yeah, that's oh God, probably ahead of his time too. Yeah, um, I can't imagine the guys that did uh, what we do in the shadows didn't see that and be like, all right, we got to work on this. We got to do something. Yeah, yeah. So Rita Wilson, uh, um, she was in the Psycho remake. I forgot about that. She was like the other receptionist. Oh, I completely forgot about that. Too. That uh, where Anne, Anne Hache works. Um, she was in Runaway Bride, Jingle All the Way. She's in a ton of things. Um, and she's also married to future Tales the Crypt director, I believe, Tom Hanks. Yeah, uh, he directed an episode. Um, all right. Um, if, if you have it written down here. She's in Sons of Anarchy. Uh, for oh, any sons person. Of, oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Never mind. Oh, wrong person. Sorry. sorry. That's all right. The his uh, boss is played by Allie Walker. She was in Universal Soldier, Singles, Profiler, and the Sons of Anarchy. Mondo. Yeah, she was like the biggest heel in that show. Such a great character and a great ending to her. So uh, this is before the show jumped the shark, as they say. I like Sons of Anarchy. I actually like every season of it, but uh, it got a little outlandish at some points. But um. Uh, she was probably one of my favorite uh, heels in that entire show. Mm-hmm. And then rounding out the cast, we have Vincent. I'm not sure I'm going to say this. Chiavelli? Chiavelli? That's how I'd say it. Yeah. As Robert. And man, what a great career that guy's yeah. had. He's had so many amazing performances. He was in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Ghost. He was in episodes of the X-Files, Lord of, the Illu- uh, Lord of Illusions. Um, the Bond film, Tomorrow Never Dies. Just such a great guy. Such a great actor. Man, Lord of Illusions, too, is one of those super underrated films mm-hmm. that came out kind of in that weird, like, early 90s period. Right. That, such a great movie. Vincent Chevelli is just one of those guys. He just has that face, you mm-hmm. know, like, that you see and recognize every time he pops up on screen. I he, He's always a, a welcome addition to anything. Yeah. No, he's just, I, he I love always makes an impression. Actor. Yeah. I love a good character actor. <laughs> I mean, Cuckoo's Nest is like the genesis of the character actor. Yeah. So many in there. Yeah. So, yeah, good cast, good directing. Um, again, it, it, yeah, I just want more, in the, more from the ending. But also, yeah, it's funny because you're talking about the acronym, and it made me think of like the first time I saw the original Iron Man. 
and I forgot what the well, I forgot what the name is, but there's a government agency that's running around and like the strategic homeland shield. Yeah, yeah. at the end they're like, we're yeah. just gonna go with shield. Yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me of uh, Troll Two uh, in the town of Nilbog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is, when whenever you hear just a long name, you're like, they're trying to fit this into something. Like there's yeah. there's a reason they're mm-hmm. using all these words for this company. So hey. yeah, I, I I knew something was up pretty quick, and I figured out the ghouls thing when like there's a sign on the cemetery itself. I'm like, oh yeah, kind of spoiled it for me, but okay. Well, no, and, no. and they do that cool that cool kind of like zoom in. They just zoom past it to make sure you see it. <laughs> right. Uh, well, and, uh, yeah, I looked at my phone. I was looking that, for that it. And, and, and you know, though, that fits in. Like, if it was a really nuanced hour and 40 minute film about this, I might call that out, right? And be like, right. come on, it's ridiculous. But in Tales from the Crypt, that just fits perfectly. Like, that's mm-hmm. what I want. Oh, yeah. No, like I said, it spoiled it for me. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, it's going to be ghouls. Cool. I'm, 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 wa- I'm ready for them now. And then you only have to wait a couple minutes. They'll show up eventually. Doesn't take long. And, yeah. And I don't know if I mentioned too, also huge phantasm vibes of this. Yeah. Anytime anything happens at cemetery, I'm immediately just like, ah, yeah. oh, phantasm. Yeah. Cause again, in phantasm, they're sitting there waiting for something to happen to the, uh, yeah. Yeah. The and I, and I'm not going to lie. Originally, that's what I thought it was going to be. It was going to be, oh, they're just funneling these bodies for money. And then I forgot I was watching Tales of the Crypt, where it's going to have some kind of fucked up shit in there. Not sending to, uh, not shrinking them and sending to interdimensional <laughs> portals. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Describe the phantasm mythology for everyone. Oh, good luck. I made through the third movie. I just need to watch it more. But I, I'm working I, my way. Um, one of the first ones is, uh, and maybe we can talk about it a little later, the save horror brackets. It was against Nightmare on Elm Street, and I already knew it wasn't going to win, but it hurt. It hurt my soul yeah. mm-hmm. to vote against phantasm. I love phantasm. I actually love the entire series. I do a hundred. If someone tells me that any of them suck, I'm just like, yep, mm-hmm, you're right. <laughs> Definitely, <laughs> some of them do, but I still could. Yeah, in my heart of hearts, so I still love them. But that's also yep. um, also kind of what I love about horror is that we all have just such very different opinions. We all, but it's all for a love of the genre. And I'm, I'm gonna do a little little PSA for the people out there. And this is all based around the this is all based around the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If someone likes something and you don't like it, it's cool to disagree. Don't call someone a fucking idiot for their for, for liking something you don't like and vice versa. If you like something, someone else doesn't like it. Hey, man, different strokes are different folks. That's the only time I get upset is when people fucking call people names or call them stupid for their opinions. Because guess what, dude? Like, I remember uh, a shout out to Bloody Good Horror. They all hated Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm like, I really enjoyed it. And you know what? That's OK. <laughs> yeah. What's the person you're talking to is a fucking Nazi. <laughs> they just punch in the face. Uh, so I'm going to actually tell people <laughs> careful. Uh, I'm getting there, Jason. You'll like where I come around around this. <laughs> if, if you're face to face the Nazi and you don't know how to throw a punch, don't fucking punch a Nazi in the face. You're probably going to break your hand. What you should do is unleash a well-placed palm strike to the jaw. Your palm is actually harder than your, it's less likely to break your palm than your fist and you can knock a motherfucker out. So palm strike and palm strike a nazi today and that's our new segment here at that's the crypt how to um hurt nazis or like find or um uh go to your local local uh uh karate school and learn how to kick a nazi there you go or you can come to jiu school learn how to choke a nazi, choke a nazi. <laughs> don't break your hand that's, that's our next t-shirt say. 
Choke a Nazi. Choke a Nazi. All right, Jody. Let's but, do but, a but, comic comparison. But only if they're not into it, because you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On that note, uh, let's talk about the comic here. It came from Tales from the Crypt number 38, which was the October, November 1953 issue. Written again by the big guys, Bill Gaines and Al Feldstein. Artwork by Graham Ingalls. Um, so the same basic story, once again. It starts with a man digging up a grave to try to expose the Grateful Hobos Society. Uh, 1950s, you could call uh, the homeless hobos and bums, which they do through the entire episode. Derelicts, uh, all kinds of uh, not so nice names for folks who don't have houses. Um, and so he's digging it up to try to expose them. There's a flashback to a press conference where they announce the Grateful Hobos, Outcast and Unwanted Layaway Society. So there's a reason why uh, layaway has appeared to bury the homeless um, <laughs> in the in the show. He asked, you know, why would you, you know, give money for homeless funerals instead of uh, helping them? And in the show, it says, you know, oh, we're, we're doing this. There, there's other organizations to help the homeless. In the comic, uh, they say, well, we all used to be homeless and we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps. So they should, too. Uh, 1950s uh, conservative values popping out there for you. Somehow yeah. things never changed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Again, but at least in 1950, like you can go get a job at the local mill and support a family of four and sure. buy a house. It and does a make a difference. Like, <laughs> does make a difference. But yeah, no, they, they don't want to help the homeless until they're dead. Um, in the comic, though, years pass after this initial announcement before he goes digging uh, because the thousandth person is being buried there, the thousand uh, homeless person. And he goes to report on it. And once he gets there, he realizes this cemetery isn't big enough for a thousand people. So there's no way they could actually be burying a thousand people here. They must be stacking the graves or something. That's why he goes to dig up the grave to figure out what's going on. And uh, again, he finds the door, falls through. He's greeted by a member of the society and the man pulls a gun on him and explains that they got an idea from a horror comic. A tales from the crypt story called midnight mess about vampires that start a restaurant to supply themselves with blood. And you know what? That's a real tales from the crypt comic mm -hmm. from tales from the crypt. 35, three issues previous. Robust. Did, did you find out? Did they ever turn that into a uh, episode? I don't I know. do. I got to find out. Hey. I, I didn't see Morning Mess anywhere when I searched it on Google. Morning Mess only came up with the comic. But yeah, that's three issues well, previous to this one. Uh, that's cool. That's so cool. They uh, they had this story about uh, vampires who start a restaurant to get blood. And they said, you know, we're not vampires. We adapted it to our own needs. And that's when he finds out that the Grateful Hobos Outcast and Unwanted Layaway Society stands for ghouls. Uh, we don't get a big gruesome ending of just finding out that they're ghouls and they all have kind of monster faces. So, you know, it's the same idea of uh, they're they're burying the homeless so they can eat them. Um, but uh, they add a whole lot to the story with the whole stuff about uh, him being an alcoholic and the relationship stuff and him losing his job and becoming homeless. Like all of that's been added uh, in the show. LJ said, you know, you got to add stuff, mm -hmm. but I think maybe adding a little more uh, ghoul stuff might have been beneficial as well, yeah. opposed to adding more like drama about uh, dude's life. 
Like, yeah, I mean, okay, you can add stuff, but you gotta add the good. This stuff. is twenty. It's twenty. It's a twenty-five minute episode. Like, if you're gonna add stuff, you know, keep it juicy. Like, you don't have to add all all drama. Like, add more monsters and shit. Like, that's what I want. Yeah, yeah, and no, I, I I definitely agree with that. But like, not to knock a good slow burn because like House of the Devil essentially did the same oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. And I adore that movie. But when you really think about it, it still had a lot of haunted house elements leading up to that. That kind of made you made you think. I mean, like, but, he but could, Again, if we're, if we're reimagining the episode, he could have discovered the tunnels. He ran to one ghoul, then ran off, and then had come up with the reason. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, like, you're definitely not wrong. Like, yeah, I'm more, I'm more like, get, get your mileage out of it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm totally down for a good slow burn, mm-hmm. but not from Tales from the Crypt. Like, that's not, I, I don't want slow, I want spectacle. <laughs> I want perspective. Now, yeah. I, I had another idea for the episode, too. At the beginning, they eat the, um, the, the other homeless gentleman. And he definitely had a weird cough slash sneeze. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, it'd been kind of cool if they ate him and then had a giant virus outbreak that killed the entire ghoul community, where forty <laughs> percent of them refused to actually oh, believe that the uh, <laughs> that the virus the ghoul, existed. And then the ghoul vaccine comes out, but most of them refuse to take it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they're all wearing masks; so they can't see their teeth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you went way far than I was going to go, but yeah, <laughs> we, we've got a sequel. We got a sequel ready to go. And then the ghouls in Russia attack the ghouls in the. Okay, we're not going there. Damn it, Jason! You have why do you got to take things off the rails, Jason? I know. I just go there. All right, Joe, uh, let's start with Mondo. Mondo, what do you rate this episode? This one could be three and a half. Mm. I, I think it's a, a. I think that's a. a Probably on the higher end. I was maybe three and three and a half. At the end of the day, I really enjoyed it. Liked where it went. Acting was fun. Um, yeah, so, so I think three and a half is a good fair estimation. All right, Jody? Yeah, no, I think three and a half is good, too, for this one. It, it's not a bad episode at all. Like, it's it's a lot of fun. There are things I enjoy about it. It just takes a little too much time <laughs> getting to the fun stuff. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what just what what took what, what, what? <laughs> well i, I mean uh, so i think I, I think a funny thing is like sometimes it's, it's kind of funny because in society we see our movie rated three stars we're like oh it's no that's above average that might be a really great well, movie i mean three three and a half is seven out of ten like that's, yes that's it's awesome rating you know? it's 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 all it's better than four out of seven or five out of seven no i that's... i use i use letterbox a lot and my three star rating is good like, like if yeah. I put three, it's still a good movie. If I put two, it's still an okay movie. Like I don't hate a two star movie. Like there are two star movies that are pretty decent, I guess. By the time you get down to one star and half star, you know, I'm this bad. But you know, it's okay for a movie to be just fine. The, the yeah. latest Fangoria newsletter had an article that literally was like, "It's okay for a movie to just be okay." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's okay for other people to like a movie you don't like. Yes. Or vice versa. Just one more time for the how do the kids say it for the people in the back? There you go. All right. I'm going with a three, and three and a half is perfectly fine. I'm just going with the first thing I wrote down. Oh, we know because we're allowed to have our own opinions. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it it's an episode where I, I, I was left wanting more, and that's that's a good thing. I don't know what I'm on this at this point. So gonna... <laughs> you, you, you always you always want to leave people wanting more. That's just the basis of everything in life all right <laughs> i got nothing to go over with that um okay so i'll go with the three let's move on mondo give us your uh, song of the day there is a band from california 
not your neck of the woods, Jason. They're from Northern California, um, made up of four members. The members go by the names, uh, cremator, fermenter, digester, and dissector. Uh, the band is called Ghoul. <laughs> What's really fun about it? I'm really, another- really digging with this. <laughs> does, it, does, it, does it stand for anything? No, but uh, they're kind of a cool band and they, 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 do, they do more of a, uh, you can probably say they're death metal, maybe more thrash metal as far as the music goes. Uh, maybe even grindcore if you want to go that way. They, they kind of do a lot of different things in their music, but their music is all kind of horror stories very horror mm-hmm. influenced. Um, uh, the, the two main members are the two guys from the band impaled slash exhumed um, Ross sewage, who, by the way, on Twitter, he's like the nicest guy in the world. And he has a secondary account just to show all the cool action figures he buys. Like <laughs> when, nice. when, when he goes on tour, he goes around and he um, plays music and he goes to try to find thrift stores to find old GI Joe, Ninja Turtle, Transformer action figures. Nice. And he's a horror fan too. Uh, shout out to Ross. Shout out to Ross. I'm gonna tag him in this because Ross is a really good dude. That kind of takes like that de- that death metal idea of like, oh, if you're like death metal, you have to be this brawny piece of shit. That he's just a real like laid back guy, and even jokes about how like how much he shows his feminine side on Twitter because he's just and, and Sean McGrath too, also a, a fun guy on on Twitter. Um, uh, the band Impaled is definitely more gore grind. Uh, but anyhow, a uh, Ghoul's a fun band. Uh, horror aesthetics. And a story throughout all their records. So what we're going to do today, we're going to do a record. I think it fits off the album uh, Dungeon Bastards, which was the last record they did in 2016. And we will go with the song Shred the Dead. There we go. There it is. I, I mean, we saw Robert at the end. Robert was yep. definitely shredded. So. That, 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 was my, that was my thought right there. <laughs> and, uh, and, and seriously, everyone should go follow Ross Sewage on Twitter. I just love seeing his stuff. And I saw Exhumed play in Flagstaff, Arizona, the first show I saw post-COVID. Nice. And uh, I, I'm, it was them with uh, Enforced Creeping Death, one of my favorite current bands, Bewitcher. And uh, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty much in tears that show because it felt so good to see live music again. Like, it's good for the soul. Hey, yeah. and Mondo, I, I do have his, ta- his handle here. It's Sewage666. Uh, <laughs> but his Twitter name currently is she ross princes of power so uh he's a he's a rad guy and um you know it's funny because there's a the the most uh the the band that started death metal technically is a band called death um uh, chuck shouldner uh who died of a brain aneurysm or brain cancer in 2000 uh, 2001 i think is when he passed away um and he went from being like the band was called ripping corpse that went to death the first record was called scream bloody gore the final record is called The Sound of Perseverance. And it's kind of cool because you actually listen to those records. You can hear him evolve as a musician, mm-hmm. but more so than that, as a lyricist and how you could tell towards the later records, more introspective, way more like I, I never, as I got older, I never really appreciate. I still appreciate screaming about Satan and all that shit. But sometimes when you can listen, when you can hear great lyrics, even read good lyrics um, and really get something from them, that's I think it's kind of a different level on a lot of places, but um, it, the funny part is he used to do interviews wearing like Winnie the Pooh t-shirts and like <laughs> kitty and, like, cat t-shirts because he always wanted to, he always, he, he wasn't the one Like you have Glenn Benton from Deicide that legit burned an upside down cross in his forehead to try to be edgy. Granted he was 20 when he did this, right? Whatever. Chuck was always in the opposite spectrum of that, where he wanted to say like, nah, we're just normal 
people that like to play this extreme form of music uh, as our outlet or as what we love. So uh, I love that Ross is on there just being the anti death metal person, but also being the most metal motherfucker in the room. So it's pretty cool. Nice. All right, Jody, give us some trivia. All right. Uh, before I actually do trivia here, I want to give a quick shout out because I found out that one of my oldest son's friends, Brianna, has listened to our podcast. So I wanted to give her a shout out and also say you're probably too young to be listening to this podcast. So uh, just putting that out there into the world. Uh, how old is she? Uh, 15. 14. If she leaves us an iTunes review, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> J- Jason will do anything for five stars and a like. <laughs> <You know. laughs> All right. So our trivia tonight comes courtesy of Jason, who uh, found some cool stuff. Uh, Vincent Chavelli, who we talked about earlier, who played Robert. Uh, he appeared in two different completely unrelated productions in which he played a hitman targeting a character played by Terry Hatcher, uh, the television series MacGyver, and the Bond movie Tomorrow Never Dies. So mm. in both those times, he was a hitman going after Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher from... Which episode was that? From Lois and Clark? From, no. Yeah, from Lois and Clark. <laughs> no, from which... She was also in Tales of the Crypts. Mm-hmm. Yes, she was. And, indeed. <laughs> uh, also, while we're on Vincent Chevelli trivia while Jason's looking that up. Uh, he also shared his birthday, November 11th, with his ghost co-star, Demi Moore, also November 11th. Another uh, Tesla uh, Crypt alum. That's right. And Ghost also starred Patrick Swayze, who, like Chevelli, died of cancer at the age 57. So a depressing end to this trivia, but uh, lots uh, of weird coincidences there. But we can go another way, though, how um, Patrick Swayze was in the movie Roadhouse. He was indeed with professional wrestler Terry Funk. The Funk Roadhouse was directed uh, by. Ah, come on, come on, John Harrison. Her- Her- no, Rowdy, Rowdy, Rowdy Harrison, Harrington, Rowdy, Rowdy, Rowdy Harrington, Rowdy Harrington. Harrington. I see. I knew I was right there on top of it. He has directed an episode of Tales from the Crypt, and Jason has interviewed him. Mm-hmm. But Great guy. I don't. I'm going to wrap on the last episode because I don't think Terry Funk ever had a match with the Undertaker, but in Hell in the Cell 1998, when the Undertaker choke slammed mankind through the cell and he hit the ground and no, I don't know how he survived. They knew like, oh shit, he might be dead. We should buy some time. So Terry Funk being his best friend got in the ring and punched the Undertaker and the Undertaker choke slammed him oh. and being the best press in the world. You can see where he kind of kicked his shoes off halfway. So he got choke slammed. He got choke slammed out of his shoes and his, and his shoes were sitting in the Wait, ring. And that was improvised. Yeah. Wow. Terry Funk is possibly the greatest pro wrestler in our generation. I once, um, b- back in the early nineties, we had a promotion um, here in Las Vegas called NWC and uh, Sabu, Rob Van Dam, Terry Funk, Virgil, uh, the ultimate warrior wrestled the show. Cactus Jack later, McFoley mankind um, all wrestled there. And uh, he was actually there. And me and a friend of mine met him. And I think he says to every kid, but he goes, whatever you do to stay in school. I'm like, okay. So later on, we met him in, uh, in Philadelphia at the ECW reunion show. I think it was an 03, maybe, maybe it was 05. And uh, met Terry Funk, he goes, you're still staying in school. <laughs> I was like, I said, uh, we graduate. He goes, as you should, or something like that. <laughs> and uh, uh, just probably the best professor of all time to say. 
All right. Uh, that was trivia. Thank you, Jody. Um, ask a dad dad advice. What do we got? Don't take an edible and then start drinking. <laughs> <laughs> and then podcast. Is that what you're trying else, to say? This shit will happen. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't know. <laughs> can we talk about the um, the horror uh, March Madness? That's not dad advice, dude. Like we can talk about that, but that's not dad advice. Right. I think we're 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 we're, uh, we're doing a disservice. Was, oh, I got it. Okay, Marlon's gonna have fun <laughs> editing this. <laughs> oh, uh, I wrote down the one timestamp. I think I need to edit. And if you guys listen at about twenty minutes, you're like, "What the fuck just happened?" Then you'll know I didn't edit it. If this makes no sense to you, then I edited it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually have a, this is actually a good dad, a good piece of dad advice. So, um, let's talk about air conditioners and, uh, HVAC systems. Mm, mm. Yes. Mm. Um, I, I was thinking today because it was shorts and flip-flop weathers in Las Vegas today, which is how it should be like, uh, if global warming means everything around me burns down, but Nevada still has like nice, cool springs like i'm for it um <laughs> as long as i get some water uh, but most hvac systems so when they go out there's one small little piece that like controls your entire hvac system do you guys know what this is well why don't you explain when the hvac system let's set the table here are you serious dude well see jason jason lives in california and i know too many people <laughs> in california who are like yeah, we don't have air conditioning. We don't Jay, need it. Jay's like, dude, it's 82 here year round. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? We live in a beautiful place with beautiful weather. I live in a place where one day, well, last <laughs> week, it was 75 all week long. And last night, it was 12 because we had snow. Um, Holy shit. I'm, I'm, I'm in Tennessee. <laughs> I'm not even in the north. Uh, it was 75 for a week. It was beautiful. We wore T-shirts and then it snowed and it was 12 degrees that night. So, yes, I know what an HVAC system is, but uh, for the Californians. <laughs> yeah, some bullshit, man. Like, it's, it's funny because uh, uh, when I went to go see Allison and, and I was in New York for work and saw Allison out there from the Who's There podcast. And she still makes fun of me for only bringing hoodies. And I'm like, I live in a fucking desert. Like, I don't live in an area where I should ever have to have a winter coat. So HVAC system being your air conditioning system. And uh, heating. Well, and heating. yeah, but, but but a lot of times usually you have your um, your air conditioning like unit outside your house, inside your house. Hopefully it's not in the roof because you have to replace that shit. It's like $5,000 in labor alone. No, I, I used to live in the apartment and they had that on the roof and it went out and they like it took. They had to like get a crane. It yeah. was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. But one of the most common, and this is why I say this coming up on the, on, we're getting towards the warmer months. Anyone living in an area where it's warm, your HVAC system has put through a lot of stress. Mine's put through a lot of stress living in Las Vegas, where I mean, a month from now will be 100 degrees. There's a little converter in there. One second. I'm a pro. So unlike Jody, I burp off, uh, off air. Uh, but <laughs> Jody was exerting his dominance. No, I, I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there is a little, uh, dude, my brain is so fucked up right now. It's a little round cylindrical piece <laughs> that the, all the thing does. That's where the, uh, the fuse can to it. Like, God, I was looking like, what the fuck is the guy talking about? Look up cylindrical power for your AC unit. Cause 90 per, 90% of AC units, when they stop working, it's because that little converter goes out, which basically regulates the power. So all you got to do is get yourself a little, uh, uh, a little uh, what's the thing? With little two little prongs, press on things, and it gives you the voltage. A meter? It's a meter, but it's got a specific <laughs> name to it. Uh, 
what the fuck is happening tonight? Um, uh, I'll call it a micrometer. It's not that, dude. Like, just fucking go to your hardware store and say, I need something that measures voltage. It costs like 20 bucks. You go and you press it at both ends. If you're under a certain amount, it's that little converter piece. But the reason I say this is, as a guy who's worked on his own AC now, thankfully to people in my gym who know AC work, 90% of, of air conditioning units when they go out, it's a $12 piece to replace. Mm-hmm. Anyone with a screwdriver and a sober mindset can replace. I say sober because you got to fucking turn those fuses off because you will shock the shit out of yourself if you don't. But it just going to the going to the hotter months, man. Just like if your AC goes out, check, go buy a meter thingy, whatever it's called, uh, that tests the voltage of things and uh, uh, test the little round cylindrical <laughs> um, <laughs> capacitor at your AC. And uh, just Google this. It'll make more sense. And uh, <laughs> you can fix your AC, though, usually for like 12, 13 bucks, as opposed to calling someone out and having them charge you three, 400 bucks to someone you could have done yourself. Yeah, my hey, sister-in-law I- lives out in Phoenix and they have, there's a two-story house, one like the, with the, the one main level and then the one that's like below level. Um, and they have two AC units. They oh, yeah. Have well, two completely we separate. have two. It blows my mind. No, we have two. We have one for upstairs, one for downstairs. Yeah. Like, it's be- it's because to have the size of one you would need to cool that large of a, of a house um, by itself would be just dumb because yeah it it made no sense out in the, out in the desert. It, it just mentally makes me think like are humans meant to live in a place where you need two AC units to survive? I mean, they're fossils here, right? So uh, maybe I don't know human fossils. <laughs> I mean, you could probably live without AC. It wouldn't be comfortable. Yeah. Oh, I'd, the, be ter- the, I'd be miserable though. You say. The problem is people in Las Vegas fucking like we, we have tourists die every year because they come in June, mm-hmm. 110 degrees outside. And they think, you know, I'm going to do all day instead of drinking water. I'm going to drink beer and vodka. Yeah. Yeah. And they yeah. dehydrate and they die and they deserve it because your body will tell you that you need water. Like, you know, when you feel some cramping or like you feel weird, your body's like, dude, we need some water. And if you don't listen to it, you die. Good. You can go to fucking ghouls and uh, get eaten. (laughs) (laughs) We 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 usually go there for like Thanksgiving or during the winter months and it's fine. But, you know, I think last year there was an event that we decided to go out for and like, no, we went in August last year. And yeah, just, I wasn't drinking or anything. I just feel the moisture from my body just being like soaked out from the air. It was, Let's see. Yeah, it's dry in Las Vegas. Yeah. Like you will Dude. have the air like evaporate the liquid out of your body if you're not yeah. prepared. Be prepared. Like, Drink your water. It's all like right. realistically in the summertime. Um, I drink probably a gallon to a gallon and a half of water a day, and that's just from driving to and from work. And then if I if I train, probably up to three gallons a day. This is your body will literally drop that much water. See, see, I don't have to drink that much water where I live because our air is swamp hot. Uh, yeah. it's, it's thick and wet all the time. Uh, so, yeah, we just absorb water through our skin like we're like fish people out here. Uh, just part of living in the South. Jay uh, 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 started laughing at thick and wet and I couldn't let it go. <laughs> yep, I knew. I knew as I said it. Well, well I that's, that's how we get the term swamp ass is. Uh, <laughs> Well, and 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 and, it, and like to be fair too, it's you know out here, yeah, it's dry. One of the nice things I've been to Florida in the summertime, and it's you fucking take a shower and walk outside your hotel room, and you're just drenched in sweat again. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I kind of don't hate the dry heat. Like I, I've been here for thirty years. I have no plan of plans on leaving. So I'll just put it that way. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you know, you, you were talking about fixing your air conditioner. If you can do basic home maintenance, like you know how to deal with electricity, you know how to turn off your breaker box and use a screwdriver and some a wrench and a wire cutter, things like that. And you have YouTube, you mm-hmm. can fix a lot of stuff at your house. Yeah, like I agree. just learn some basic skills, wire stripping, screws, you know, stuff like that, and get on YouTube. I, I I don't pay for stuff if I can't help, if I can help it. Cause I will always try to fix it myself. If I can, I don't mess with plumbing. Cause I've had some bad experiences with plumbing. <laughs> Plumbing's a whole different, plumbing is right, a whole different issue. Uh, but if it's electrical, uh, yeah, you know, and you feel like you have some basic skills, I think you can do a lot more than you think you can. I agree. I, I pay for a lot of stuff because I'm like, fuck, it's going to take four hours. Sure. I'll pay someone to do it. But for most things, like I fixed my washing machine. I fixed my dryer. I fixed my, my dishwasher all on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And it cost me, you know, one tenth of what it would have to, sure. uh, to get some out here. And also like when it comes to the time factor, cool. I can do it myself or I can sit in my house and wait around in a six hour window for someone to show up and do it. So it's yeah, no, hundred percent. Now yard work. Uh, yeah, man. Like just give me a company and Tell me how much it costs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'll pay someone to mow my lawn. Actually, that's the nice thing about having kids. Do you really pay them, or do you pay them in character? No, we 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 actually do. That's that's above and that's beyond. Good. Like we we clean the house and things like that. That's one of those like expectations of you're part of the house. You live here. You have to do some chores and things like that. But mowing i always put that at kind of a different level and uh you know if they if they mow they do make a little cash well, there's it's the, a good the way for them to earn a little money you know there's the snake factor there, there, there could be snakes there frequently are snakes but sometimes you might run across a tiny little turtle like i did one time when i was mm-hmm. mowing and you get to hold a cool little turtle so we just get what what animals are i have pigeons um, I have a goo- I have, a, I have a, uh, a duck pond by my house, so I feel I hear goose or geese flying every morning, and then I get hummingbirds. So I don't have any. Oh, I get lizards. My dogs try to dig- my dogs learn where the lizards live and dig up the grass there, mm. and they run away. They try to eat them. So at least once a week, I find a half-eaten lizard in my house. <laughs> yeah, my dog yeah chasing all the lizards and the squirrels. And he hasn't caught anything yet, but it's only we don't have squirrels here. I think it's too hot for squirrels here. Yeah. But uh, I'm cool. I have hummingbird feeders and I wake up in the morning, and watch my hummingbirds eat. And uh, uh, I haven't seen Frank very often lately. So I need to figure that one out. But uh, well, we were leaving uh, my dog's food in our back porch in like a big, like closed container. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had raccoons getting into it. Like it was all banged up and scratched up. Yeah, I, I can't do that. We have coyotes and raccoons and possums that will yeah. get into dog food if you leave it outside. It's supposed so. to be like airtight. So I thought it'd be OK, but apparently not. Uh, they can smell. They can smell more than you, I, you any of us can. Uh, I remember going to, uh, we were in San Francisco one, a long time ago, and uh, Kel went to sleep. She was tired. I'm like, I'm going to take a little walk right by the bay. I'm going to walk on the bay. So I walk over to the trash can, and I can't see at night. Like, my night vision is terrible because I'm colorblind, I wear glasses. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'll clean the car house. I'm cleaning the car out of the trash. And I'm throwing shit in the trash can. And I hear, I look up. And I see his eyes meet mine and there's three big ass. Like I'm just throwing shit in the trash. And I pay attention. And there's three raccoons like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? Like, <laughs> does he not respect us? <laughs> but I was like, oh, oh I'm going to back away slowly. And you guys continue with your meeting. No, no rabies for you. No, 
Raccoons look adorable. They're mean as fuck. Yeah, they are. Yes, don't, don't mess with it. <laughs> More dad advice. Don't mess with a raccoon. <laughs> yeah, I, I think because I didn't know they were there, I was I kind of had that alpha vibe, right? Because like they didn't know, I didn't know they were there. They're like, this fucking guy's serious. He's not afraid of us. The once I realized, I was like, oh, oh yeah, we're no, <laughs> they win. <laughs> you guys win. Um, also, shout out to Bob's Burgers and Linda for trying to have the rat date on Valentine's Day. That's exactly Day. <laughs> what I was just thinking. <laughs> Alrighty then. I think that wraps up another episode. Next week, we will be reviewing a Split Second. We would really appreciate it if you would give us a reading and review on iTunes and a reading on Spotify. And with that, we thank you for listening to Dads from the Crypt. Good night. <laughs> Follow Dads from the Crypt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or I will follow you to the grave. (laughs) No, seriously, you really should watch, but be careful what you ask for. You may get it. (laughs) 